What's up, guys? This is Stephen from Chelsea Grin. You are watching and or listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, all right, all right. I'm in Texas, right? Matthew McConaughey. Girls, guys and girls, welcome back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. The one and only Sonny here as your host. Uh, today, I have the honor of speaking with the insanely talented Steven Rudishauser, uh, bro, finally, I mean, what an honor to have you here. I mean, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. You know, Steven, you know, here we are, right? An important yet exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the mighty Chelsea Grin. I mean, with a drop of your latest double album, let me go and say that because Suffer in Hell, which is set to drop uh, November 11th, and then obviously, you know, uh, Suffer in Heaven, which is set to drop March 17th of next year, both on, uh, uh, one RPM music. I do want to kick things off, dude, by, uh, you know, I think it's important to note congratulating Chelsea Green on reaching what 15 years of brutality and all the well deserved recognition you guys <laughs> have been getting over the years. Handful of lineup changes, man. Uh, yeah. Throughout the years, you've been a part of that, but the consistency has been top notch. Six albums now cemented into this band's impressive discography. A lot to discover about this unique record release and what you're all about. Before we get to all that and beyond, I mean, I, I didn't even ask you this, dude. How are you? I mean, you guys just came through my city this past weekend with the Monster Mosh. It's been a busy year of touring. I caught you guys earlier this year with Dying Fetus. Uh, I mean, how are things been going? Have you been? Have you had the chance to take this all in? Maybe even take this chance. You have a new album coming out. Exciting times. Something that was we didn't know what was going to be two years ago. You know, that's that's an important thing to note. <laughs> everything's been good man i mean it's it's i've never been so busy in my life um but uh you know it's it comes with a lot of learning and yeah. a lot of fun a lot of stress but you know you turn the stress into a good thing and you just use it for motivation so it's it's been chaos but but good good chaos a good, lot of yeah. uh, excitement on the horizon and uh, we're just happy to finally be you know, album out of our hands, and no matter what we do, this shit's coming out. And uh, wait, can I curse? Oh hell yeah! I, I right. should have said hell no or fuck no. That would have been better. <laughs> I, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, we're powerless to it now. This album, these albums are coming out, and we just have to ride the wave and and hope everyone loves it. So it's fun. It's uh, we've been anticipating this for years now, and. Um, it's just really awesome to finally be here. I mean, the the work is not done, but um, you know, it's 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 been a blast. We're just grateful to still be around and still be putting music out. I mean, talk about you know, uh, I mean, worth the wait, right? I know you guys did drop Eternal Nightmare. If I can't believe it's been four years. I mean, somehow we aged two years. You know, I'm bro, I'm still on uh, 2019 mentally. I don't know about you. Like, I'm still like, you know, getting it because 2020, obviously what happened, everything just feels like a blur. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's just uh, now it's like if I ask you a question, it's like when you meet people, how's your year been? You know, that's the conversation now it used to be. How's your day? Now it's like, how is your year? You know, yeah. And you holding up all right? You doing okay there? Mental, I mean, yeah. mental health, but a lot of these, uh, you know, amazing artists like yourselves would come on the show and we, we would ask them. And I remember we had Alex from Despised Icon. I asked him how he was and he was like, first off, that is a very important question. Thank you mm -hmm. for asking me. People are just, there's that autopilot setting that we're all just, when you ask that question, you kind of just say, yeah, I'm good. But really it's, this was something, like I said, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. Music was stripped away from us two and a half years ago, but um, yeah. I think I think I'm finally coming around. And it sounds like you guys are too. And uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that before we move on, but I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people went through through Hellfire to uh, mm -hmm. to emerge from the last couple of years, and it was tough. I mean, for everybody, I like everybody always wants to be like, Oh, you know, I had a really hard time, but I think everybody really had a hard time no matter who you are, or yeah. where you come from. I mean, this has been a, a crazy couple of years, not just for music, but for the whole world. And, um, you know, from our end of things, obviously the, the pandemic and everything surrounding, it's just been calamity and, and it's been uh, difficult to balance everything for a lot of people and right. you know, for a lot of businesses, a lot of artists and, uh, you know, we're no exception to that. It's just about, you know, hitting the pavement and trying to get it done. And uh, 
So like I said, we're just really grateful to have emerged out of all of this and still have the opportunity to do what we do and to maintain our business and maintain our, our band, you know, to, to be able to create music through that time. Uh, it's just, um, it's been crazy, but everybody's good. We're all feeling happy. We're all excited. And this is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel, what we're approaching now. So, I mean, uh, it just the excitement, right? Man, wait till you got to hear like what I have to say about Suffer and Hell, because I could not stop listening to it once they sent it to me. Now, real quick, uh, I did mention 15 years, right? I mean, it, I we mentioned how time has just flown by flown by for something like that. Uh, Stephen, what comes to your mind when you when you hear something like that? I do want to wind the clock back a little bit further to maybe 2007. I know you joined in 2014, but our listeners here in IUF, right? They already know how much of a nostalgic person I am. Have mm-hmm. you ever stopped to look back on that time in your life when you first joined the band and, and where all this began for you personally? Because, I mean, in my eyes, you're one of the best, like, as far as the riffs within uh, just a the composition of songs. I don't know how you do it, bro. I don't care how you do it. But it's just been I've seen your growth from when you first joined to where you are now. We reflected a lot, right? In the last two years. Did you do that yourself? Did you go back and watch like first videos of my first show with Chelsea Grin? You know, let me see the YouTube videos. I'm like, oh man, this is what I did back then. You know, do you look back on things like that? I think that's sometimes those are always the fun questions. Like when I asked and they, they artists are like, oh man, that's a good question. I can't believe now we, now I'm thinking about it. If you haven't had a chance, take this moment. I mean, I definitely spend a lot of time reflecting on the journey it's been. I think for my involvement with the band, it has changed a lot. Um, you know, when I joined the band, we had three guitarists and that's right. You know, now I'm the sole guitarist. So that alone has been like a, a major shift. And I think about, you know, where where I was uh, when I decided to join the band and like when they decided to have me and when when that all went down compared to where I am now and and like my role insofar as the business goes and creatively and you know never did I no expect. pressure right <laughs> it's crazy you know like it's definitely shaving some years off my life but like it's all worth it you know the stress is is again it, you know pressure creates a diamond that whole thing not that I, I'm some diamond, but the experience has turned into a, this this like thing that I very much treasure and cherish. And like, I never in a million years thought I'd go from like guitar teching for the band to like writing the music and like being the you know apart from our manager, like handling so much of the business and like everything has changed, you know. And I mean. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Like I said, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. it's like been a big learning process. And, you know, I think about the, the, the 22 year old I was when I joined and my lack of understanding of so many things and just how that's grown throughout the years and just reflecting on myself as a player, myself as a, a creator and, you know, a, a business partner to all of this. And, it's been a huge evolution for myself and for all yeah. of the guys. Like it's, I think our band has weathered a lot of uh, turbulence and, you know, like through member changes through one thing or another, but you know, the one thing our band has always been is like tough and we stick everything out. We try to handle everything with grace. You know, we're not like a super public group of people, but we're getting shit done on the sidelines or, you know, in the, in the backstage and like, it's it's just been one thing that's consistent throughout the whole career but we as people have evolved our roles in this business have have evolved a lot and um you know it's it's been a really crazy road and especially thinking about where i was when it all started it's you know especially thinking about where i was when i first heard the band you know when they dropped their original ep it's like i remember where i was when i first heard that that was so long ago i remember that now (laughs) yeah it's just crazy to think about the journey and like what has brought me and my guys to to the point we're at today so it's it's definitely um i won't say it's fun to reflect on i'll say it's like right it's it's a lot to reflect on you know it's 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 been hard and it's and it's it's been rewarding but yeah it's it's a challenge Um, you know an interesting question to ask is like you know would you change anything about what you experienced in your past you know, you could say, yes, it's easy to change a, a, a traumatic experience that you don't want to relive again. But who who would know if that experience shaped you into who you are today? You're better because of that. 
you know, in hindsight, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, it's, it's tough to say who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but in hindsight, that experience may shape you into who you are today. You've learned, dude, you're a producer, man. That That's, that's a bit, that's a big deal. I mean, there's so much that happens with you just beyond what we see on stage, you know, mm-hmm. and to hear what you guys have been doing, man, as I'm talking about this, I can't believe I missed the show on uh on saturday I, I actually had a family member that was sick but they're doing fine now okay, but good. but uh you know monster mosh like you guys i saw the videos and my friends actually came and took photos of you guys that night and oh I got right to on see yeah them. yeah um i actually took photos of you guys uh earlier this year so i was one of the photographers out there but okay. i mean i love i love shooting you guys every time you guys come to town it's always such a blast you know and of course you know one of the things that makes chelsea grin chelsea grin right it's the live presence that you guys put on stage we talked about warp tour man you guys played download you guys played blue ridge earlier this year i mean uh bloodstock i also feel like steve and i know we're transitioning i want to transition into the live music experience now because i feel like it's at a point of saturation because considering what's been happening in the last two years everyone's touring at the same time everyone's out at the same time i have friends who can't even go to those shows because there's another band in town i remember mm-hmm. uh last week uh, we had Carnifex on our show, but then we were supposed to have Creator that same night. The same night, yeah, Creator yeah. and then Carnifex. So I had to pick and choose. Like, I usually don't have that, but this is multiple instances. Mm. I mean, do you feel the same way? Is that good for the industry? Is that, I don't know, I don't know if it's bad for the industry, but but everyone is out. You know, they're so eager to go out and tour again. We're still getting over the pandemic, but I don't know what you've seen through your eyes. I mean, this is the, you've already been through Dallas twice already. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a good thing for the industry overall. You know, there's it's stimulating the whole economy of performance art, and that's an important thing. It's giving fans the experience. You know, it's giving them a chance to come out and exercise all this pent up desire for performance and shows that you know they've been building up for a few years. Yeah, it is. It does present some challenges. Like we're trying to plan headliners for the album, and it's like, okay, who do we take out? Who's going to be our direct support? Uh, and it's so difficult because everybody's got stuff planned, you know, it, it creates a lot of like dilemmas in that department. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, we're just glad we have the opportunity to do this again. Everything will sort itself out. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of patience and timing. Um, but, uh, it's a great thing to see everybody back at it. And like, you know, obviously I'm just hoping people stay safe. And that we can continue to do this at the pace that we're doing this, not just us, but like anybody who's out there touring and playing shows right now. Um, so, you know, it's it's a good thing. It's like a happy thing to see. And, and yeah. it's really cool to see uh, people attending these shows and coming out just so stoked and like so grateful. The, the interactions we've had and the tours we've done since, you know, everyone had to pause through the pandemic. Um, the interactions have become really meaningful. Like they were always meaningful, but now there's like this, there's, there's this difference to them and it's a two way street. Like we are, Hmm. we've been thirsty to interact with our fans and the fans are just really grateful to be able to be there and have these conversations. And it's like uh, a bond that was only strengthened, uh, you know, through the absence of it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to see. It's, you know, it's still, we're not out of the woods yet with everything with the pandemic and with everything course, coming back but like you know we just need to you know count our blessings so to speak you know we just like have to go at it day by day and just be happy we're here and i think that's artists and and showgoers alike and uh it's a cool it's a cool vibe happening right now it's it's just very positive and and there's a lot of appreciation from everybody um to be doing this again. So. When I was at, when I was at that show in May, I I encountered a lot of fans who were telling me, you know, as a journalist, you know, you're you're always trying to you know observe and seeing what's going on in the in the venue, the crowd, the reception, the band, and Amplified. I mean, uh, they're so great to me every time I go there. So shout out to Amplified, yeah. by the way, some of the nicest Fantastic people venue. in the business. Um, a lot of people. It was their first show back, you know, and they didn't mm-hmm. know what to expect. <laughs> when you guys took the stage, I had to step way back to get the photos because it was just it was mosh after like people were crowd serving like it was hitting me in the head, which I'm not saying I, nobody wants to be hit in the head, but it felt almost kind of like a high having that yeah. again, you know, <laughs> and then I had to go back. I got some great shots of you guys. And by the way, your your drummer, I want to give a shout out to him because doing what uh, taking over for Pablo 
And of course, Pablo's been around for a long time. For he, people don't know, he's he he's the original drummer for Chelsea Grin, or you know, long time drummer for Chelsea Grin. He knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. This new guy, I, I forget his name. But his name is Nathan. 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 Pierce. He DM'd me on Instagram. Shout out to Nathan, by the way. And I took I I got some I got some nice shots of him. I told him no, thank you. It was great. Not easy filling in like those drum patterns that were laid out. Like it was just. I, I got to talk about him. How easy was it or difficult was it to find someone to, you know, I don't want to take over Pablo, but like almost kind of just recreate what he did and the live setting. Was it challenging? Did, did it even make you become a better guitarist because of how crazy Nathan was going on the kit? <laughs> uh, it was a huge challenge. I mean, yeah, I didn't realize the lack of, drummers available to perform until i had to search for a drummer mm-hmm. and uh you know there were there were a lot of people on this list but it came down to nathan plays a lot like pablo does he's a hard hitter he's just a gnarly gnarly player he comes from a similar background it's interesting because neither pablo nor nathan come from like the death metal background which is where i come from and where a lot of the new record is is like catered toward or at least you know big influences yeah. from that so you know, I think it was a challenge for Nathan to enter this world and start playing with speed and like start blast beating and like all these things. And he just really rose to the occasion. He's been doing an awesome job. And like, you know, he's he's we're all learning these new songs so we can start performing them. And, uh, you know, he's got them ready before we do. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, obviously, having written the songs like I know how to play these things, but playing them from start to finish and like playing them in succession and it's a it's a challenge and so we're grateful that we've got nathan he's just super thirsty super hungry for it it's kind of his first opportunity to be touring in this uh, you know at this caliber and he's just he's leaving nothing to be desired you know he's so eager and so he's taking that motivation and that pressure and um just really getting it you know he's he's doing a great job and yeah. we've been super grateful for his ability and you know his chemistry with the band has been awesome he's just a great guy to hang out with um and he's a lot younger than us so it kind of brings this like not that we're jaded but we've all been doing this for so long <laughs> yeah. and we're all you know in our 30s and so it's not even just the music thing like life has beaten us all down you know what i mean and then we've got nathan in here who's just happy grateful he, he brings this like new spark that, you know, we're grateful to be touring with him while Pablo's, you know, uh, you know, on other walks of life. And uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a good boy. Yeah. A lot, I mean, and what did I hear after that show? Who's that drummer? Like what happened to Pablo? And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. And they'll like, that guy was great. It was just the commonality I heard after that show. And here's the thing. Both of my brothers are drummers, Stephen. So I, I, I had to ask this question because, I mean, seeing Nathan do what he did and uh, uh I don't know. Maybe you guys got something here with with Nathan, and I hope it's I hope it's something I I'm looking forward to it going forward. In other words, and um, likewise, it's a shout out to Nathan. We've done a lot of shout outs, so shout out to him. Shout out now, Nathan. Now, now speaking of being grateful, bro, let's talk about the double album. I feel like we can talk about everything except suffering hell. This drops November 11th. Is, what is it? Next week? Jesus, we're already in uh, nine days. <laughs> uh, one on one RPM, and then of course suffering heaven. Uh, drops in March 17th. Dude, you could not have followed this up any better than 2008's, 2018's uh, Eternal Nightmare because I love that album. I loved it then. I still love it today. This is definitely... Now, you may want to finish your drink because I have a lot to say. This is definitely you know one of the more unique releases going on this year. I mean, a double album of all things. Before I go a little bit further into this, Deathcore, Stephen, okay? You guys, and this, this is fact. I mean, you guys are one of the more prominent music acts surrounding this genre. I feel a lot of the newer generation of deathcore fans and you've seen them, you know, I mean, from where you and I both started to where the band is right now, yep. uh, the newer generation of deathcore fans who follow bands like Whitechapel, Lorna Shore, even the up and coming brand of sacrifice and shout out to Kyle. He was on, on our show as well. They'll be chomping at the bit on your stuff. This, this album that's coming out. Uh, I feel like deathcore is almost at the point of revival. Wouldn't you say, Stephen? I mean, I don't know if it was intentional, but this is the perfect time to drop albums like Suffer in Hell and Suffer in Heaven. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. What do you feel? Well, I have this theory 
um, well, it's not even just my theory. A producer we worked with on our Turtle Nightmare, Drew Folk, he, he came, we were talking one day and he was like, you know, every 10 or so years, a genre becomes revitalized. And you think about 10 years ago where Deathcore was when Chelsea Grin, Whitechapel, Viardas Murder, Carnifex, Oceano, all these bands were like really fucking kicking ass. And like, you know, all these bands are still kicking ass, but the, the genre surrounding it 10 years later is at a point it's never been at. And I think bands like Lorna Shore, Brand of Sacrifice, Shadow of Intent, those are like the modern kings, you know what I mean? And those bands have afforded all of us to operate in a more lively and and uh you know quicker growing playing field um Mm. like you know we've always been here but if it weren't for these new bands it just wouldn't be the same as it is right now and and not that lorna not that all these bands are new but their like current hype is is so massive that it's like bringing the whole genre up um alongside you know all you know all these bands i listed previously as well like the the ogs if you will yeah um so it's like there really is no better time to be in this genre and maybe the future will you know holds even more in store i can only hope but like it's this cycle of 10 years you see genres you know not every genre sees a a revitalization every 10 years but deathcore is one that certainly is and like it's just uh it's a powerful rebranding it's a powerful like growth and i think for a while it was a slow burn and now we're seeing this massive acceleration and it's not as if we you know timed things to happen this way it's just like we're we're fortunate to be putting out albums at this time um you know the the scene has grown a lot the fans have grown a lot the fans have gotten older and then there's so many new fans coming in um it's just really exciting and it's cool as someone who's passionate about metal um it's just so exciting to see like but even even just horse. just like the community is great. Like I feel like the community community is even better than ever, especially with how polarizing you know social media can be these days. I mean, you've seen it in the last two years. The people are coming together around the genre, dude. I'm I'm finding myself enjoying deathcore more than ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with hardcore. Shout out to bands like you know uh, uh, Knock Loose and Turnstile, whatever they're doing on that side. You know, you guys are doing your thing. It's really cool. Like it, it's it gives you something to get excited about. And I can't wait for the future for death court. And also we had uh, Austin from Lorna shore on our show. I asked him the same question. Uh, and, absolute and, uh, boy. and, and uh, dude, that guy is, <laughs> that guy is one of the most talented drummers I've, I've ever seen. Like I, 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 I got a kick when growing up around drummers, like I did with like my brother and shout out to those guys, Rumin and James. Like I always get a kick when I, when I had talked to those amazing people, but shout out to Austin as well. Um, but great drummer and an even better person. Hell yeah. Uh, a lot of shout outs. We should probably, let me go listen to all the shout outs after this. Yeah. We need dude, a shout out. Credits. Dude. Uh, uh, here's the thing. Chelsea grin. And from what I've seen, of course, being around you guys for as long as I have, you have already had albums, which have gone to be recognized as important pieces amongst a lot of metal fans today. I mean, Chelsea grin. It, it's, it is a household name at this point. You ask any metal fan, they know you guys. They know the name. They know the symbol, the the font. Like it stands out. Two EPs and, and then five full length albums prior to this one. You know, each of which, if I'm not mistaken, has uh, a charted and, and Billboard. I mean, bro, you've seen and been a part of these multiple lineup changes that I mentioned earlier over the years. Uh, and currently, you're going through one another one. You know, with uh, the drummer. Who knows? Chelsea Grin, I feel like you guys have really stood the test of time and you stay true to the death course sound yet evolved. That's not an easy thing to do, man. Uh, I don't care who you are. Six albums is not an easy thing to do yet. Here you are. And the point I'm trying to make is, is there a level of pressure, Stephen, or, or a challenge on keeping things fresh after all these years? I mean, what is that like for someone who isn't an original member aside from someone who is, you know, and that's a loaded question, but keeping things fresh pretty much is is the question here. Yeah. I mean, I try not to put pressure on myself when I'm writing because I think it reduces your authenticity. Like there's pressure in other ways, but, but a lot of people I feel like see artists as having pressure to keep up with other artists. Hmm. And like, to be honest, when I'm writing, I literally do not listen to other music. I can't, I, I listen to, you know, what i'm writing and i listen to like my my core bands you know but there's no pressure from outside to keep up with anything it's about like authenticity i write what i want to write um i have my influences that are ingrained in me that will always surface through my writing 
but it's not about comparing myself to other bands. There's, there's no pressure in so far as like keeping my career on par with they're keeping the band's career on par with other bands careers or the bands, you know, our own career through the past. It's like, I would love for every record to make us bigger, but if it doesn't, I at least want to know that I wrote what I wanted to write and expressed myself. So when I'm writing, I, I don't, I don't think about these types of things. I don't put pressure on myself. There's deadlines and there's timelines, but even yeah. that, like on this last record, we were just like, no pressure there. We're going to do what we want to do and we're going to make it right. Such a good um, record, dude. That was, that was just, that was one of those records that, that like you thought you heard everything that year in 2018 and you guys dropped eternal nightmare. Like how <laughs> and hostage came on. I lost my shit. Like uh, that was when I first got my dog, and I think he was a little scared of me at that time. But anyway, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was just a great oh, no, no. All, all all around. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're just as there's kind of I, I just don't let myself feel that sort of that sort of pressure. I feel like pressure can be a good thing. It can be motivating. Yeah. But for me, as as a writer, I like to just sort of be free form, and I think people will hear that a lot on Suffering Hell and Suffering Heaven. It's like you listen through the two albums, you listen through either one of the albums and you can tell that it was just expression. It wasn't like trying to fill any mold. There was nothing I was trying to recreate. There's no there's no album from the last 10 years, at least, that I'm like trying to mimic. It's like, like I said, I don't listen to anything when I'm writing. It, it was purely just writing what came out of me naturally. And so that's kind of like a freeing experience. There's a song that's you know pure death metal with like no breakdown in it then you've got songs uh, like the 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 last song on suffering hell is just only a breakdown it's like the heaviest <laughs> thing we've done and then like that's right you know everything in between black metal influence death metal influence a lot of groove a lot of homage to like old chelsea grin trying to keep that that you know that core vein running through everything um so it's 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 a freeing thing you know i think being in this band and the the discography of this band has been so diverse that at this point it's like we can draw from any influence and it still can be Chelsea Grin and like you know on Eternal Nightmare that that record didn't have one sound across the whole thing it was a lot of sounds um Ashes to Ashes like that was really the one where I was like okay this band can write whatever they want they can have any type of song and it can still be the band so it's it's easy to write for Chelsea Green. I mean, it takes a lot of time and it's not easy in our traditional sense. It's just easy in that there's no rules. Um, Ashley Ashes was a game changer, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved that album. <laughs> uh, it was really fun to listen to. And I was working for the band, you know, at the time and, you know, joined just like at the, you know, shortly after it had come out. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, it's not like a boast. It's just that the lineage of Chelsea Green has made it so that I, as a writer, can do any damn thing I want and incorporate any damn sound I want. And like my influences independently of Chelsea Grin, I can include those and it's still Chelsea Grin. So, so yeah, uh, as far as pressure and all of that goes, it's, it's, it's non-existent, you know, there's pressure from labels to, to be certain places at certain times and to have certain things submitted. But beyond that, it's like, do yeah. what you want and the best product will come out of that and that's really what these two albums were about for for us man uh i mean uh, dude you want up yourselves here i mean good luck topping these two uh, this double album good i mean good lord uh by the way my favorite song on here is is flood lungs i mean it may change that's my a, favorite a week from now too. is it really yeah dude it's Bro, it's such a hell yeah it's such a unique song because I, I don't think i've ever heard a chelsea grin song like that like it's it, it this this opened up a part of Chelsea Green that maybe I wasn't even prepared for. That's why I love it so much, and I can't move on without mentioning, dude, uh, Forever Bloom because this is an important track. Shout out to Trevor Sternad, the members of Black Diamond Murder, his family, friends, fans, much love. Um, obviously, it impacted you, me, everyone else in the metal community, music community. Really, he was just a great person. This song. Uh, forever bloom it's it doesn't it sound like a black dahlia murder song like the title if you think about it forever yeah. bloom that's yeah. that's what's cool about it as i think about it if someone tell me yeah this is a song called forever bloom oh it made sense this is such a well-crafted heavy hitter one of the best tracks on the album that features trevor on vocals uh steven tell me if you can 
about the recording process behind the song and what was it like having someone like Trevor make his mark on a record like this? I mean, long overdue, but an important question to ask. I mean, for one, it was just an honor to have Trevor on it. I mean, he was so gracious and so amazing about doing the feature and he was so excited about it and just like, you know, he was, he expressed gratitude for being on it. And I was like, dude, you don't even know gratitude right now. Like we are, we wouldn't exist without you. So to have you on this song is just truly like, it's our wildest dreams come true. Um, and like when I was writing the song, there was, we didn't realize Trevor was going to feature on it. You know, it was oh really all the features on the album were like, they came after the fact after they were written and like Black Dolly is a massive influence on me. So there are songs, you know, on the record and on both records that you can, you, you're going to hear, like there's a song on uh, Suffer in Heaven that it just sounds like a Black Dahlia murder song. You know, it's like through and through, maybe with a breakdown added, but like, so with Forever Bloom, I mean, I think that one was really like, like my black metal influence and my death metal influence and my wanting it to sound like, you know, OG grin or like at least have that sort of lifeblood coursing within it like that one came together and and when we had the final product we were like yeah this is a perfect platform for trevor to be trevor on and uh you know his feature when i first heard it i was just you know it's like yes yes we've we've you know bucket list accomplished and um you know so it was a special song to us always and and it became even more of like a time capsule sort of song for us listening to it now i mean it's it you know fills us with emotion to hear it and to hear mm -hmm. Trevor's feature. I mean, it goes without saying what he did for the community, but insofar as just for us goes, it's like that song, this album, none of this would exist without him. So to have him there was like the coolest possible thing we could imagine. And for it to kind of have like an obvious Black Dolly murder influence on it, it was just like, it makes even more sense. You know, we wanted to put Trevor on a part that like a breakdown something that maybe you wouldn't hear trevor on normally but everything surrounding the breakdown was you know kind of true to form something that you could yeah. conceive him being on um i don't know it was just a, a really special it is just a really special thing for us um and it means a lot to us to have him there and and the experience of working with him on it was just i mean we just let him do whatever he wanted but i mean yeah. just like communicating with him about it was just like it was a warm, a warm, warm feeling. And he was so amazing about it. And just like that interaction is, is something I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll, I'll mention this to you, dude. Um, crazy thing about me listening to that song. I did not listen to any Black Dally Murder song after Trevor's death. It was just hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, this song, Forever Bloom, was is the first song I heard of trevor's voice since his passing so okay. this hit home for me like it, it got it got uh, to a point where it was like emotional i mean i've been hurt i've been hearing it a lot since then but the first time i heard it i actually didn't like you know i knew trevor was somewhere on the album i don't know it was this song and when i and when i heard it i was like that's trevor went back and heard it okay that's yeah. definitely trevor went back and heard it again i got the press release trevor sternad holy sh that blew my mind and um I still haven't heard any Black Dolly Murder song since then. So that's the only thing I've heard since his passing because such an important staple. You know, you mentioned yourself. So um, that's just a song that, you know, I love the collaboration. I feel like that, again, another side of Chelsea Grin that I I, I love that you guys put out there. Um, yeah. I feel like you guys are also better musicians because you guys interacted with Trevor. It made you, it felt like it made you like, okay, I got to meet him up here now, you know, because Trevor's yeah. on the album. That's well, cool. I'm yeah, I mean, we wanted to put him on something that was going to do service to him. You know, like we had 16 songs. And like I said, they were all written before we picked features and knew where we were yeah. going to put the features. But like it was a big factor and like, OK, we would love to reach out to Trevor to have him feature. Now, which part is worthy yeah. of that? Which song is worthy of that? And uh, yeah, I think it challenged us to think creatively and 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 it's going to challenge us to make sure we perform everything at our best like if having him on there is like we want to make sure everything we do for a lot of reasons but for having trevor on there included everything we do is up to snuff to be worthy of that you know it's oh, like yeah. if you're going to have that accolade then you need to 
you need to meet it. You need to meet the challenge and, um, you know, do it justice. Um, thanks for sharing that, bro. A uh, couple more questions real quick. Did you know, uh, now this was interesting to me. Did you guys set out to make a double album from day one or did it just bloom into pun intended into what it is today? Yeah. So when we got to the studio, like I came to the studio and like we arrived with like 30 pre-pro tracks and all in different stages of readiness. It's like yeah. already enough to turn into a song. Like all of them had at least a few riffs that we could like chop up and place in certain orders and like throw through a certain structure that we wanted to achieve. But we came with 30 ideas or so, and we were just going to do one album. We were going to do 11 or 12 songs. And then we finished 11 or 12 songs. And we we're like, well, there's still more to offer out of this pile. And like, <laughs> there's so many more songs. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. And we didn't feel like our message was conveyed. There were a lot of reasons why we decided to do the double album. It wasn't preconceived. There was no concept arrived. Mm. Like it just kind of came out to where a, we didn't feel that our, not that we had any problem with the original, you know, 11 or 12 songs. Yeah. We loved them all. It's just that we hadn't finished saying what we wanted to say, not just lyrically, but, you know, musically. Um, and also, you know, by the time we were in the studio, we, you know, we recorded it sort of height of the pandemic and we were like, OK, it's going to be a while before this is out. It's going to be, you know, at the time we, we didn't realize how much longer even then it would still be before it was out. But we were like, it's going to have been long enough to where we need to make sure we're delivering more than just the usual. Uh, we need to give all these people that have been patiently waiting something greater and larger just to show that like you know we see you we hear you we miss you we want you guys to have the best of us and the best of us at that time was you know we need to do two albums or we need to do more songs and then it wound up being like okay well this is too much for one album people are going to skip over songs people are going to not digest it in the way that we want and to us, there's like, there's no filler on it. I mean, there's songs that are like favorites of ours and, and like less favorites of ours. But, um, you know, it's like, we don't want any of these songs to be skipped over. We wanted them to have, you know, individual appreciation. And so we're like, okay, 16 deathcore songs, that's too much. Like nearly an hour of, of, of pummeling deathcore is like, no complaints. <laughs> for so we're like, let's, let's make it too. Yeah. And so yeah, it was very much not in the in the cards for us. It just kind of turned out that we were over prepared, um, which you know I would hope to always be for any record. But for this one, it's like whittling it down and getting rid of you know more than half of the songs just didn't feel right. There was so much of a message and so much of our identity being conveyed through them that we're like for for our own you know, in a selfish way, we need to get these songs out there. We need people to hear these. We don't want to hold on to some of them for the next record. Like the next record is going to be its own thing. When I was writing a lot of this, I was in one mindset or, you know, a variety of mindsets, but one place in my life. And so I don't want to come back to this place on the next record. Like this all has to be expressed on, on this one or yeah. these two, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't the plan but uh it, we're glad it, it worked out the way it, was, it did i thought it was executed to perfection and um you kind of helped me segue into this last part because the lyricism throughout suffering hell and, and even suffering heaven tom mentioned how uh the bulk of it deals with self-doubt uh overcoming inner demons a triumph of good over evil and and living uh what is it neutrally amongst the darkness great fucking message steven i mean uh, like the business for example another great song uh, that is about an all in, i think you, i'm quoting you here about an all encompassing energy that surrounds us and drives us to explore our limit, limitless consciousness the everything that i just said in the last a minute i feel like it really resonates at a time like today you know it as i was listening to this getting the message i was i, I saw the lyrics it felt like a release too. I begin to think of the tangibles like a theme or a message to your music, right? Is that always a big component of songwriting for a band like Chelsea Grant? Does that help with the composition of the songs, so to speak? 
I mean, we have sort of an interesting process with that. It's like when I'm when I'm going through writing an instrumental, I'm trying to convey a certain emotion, and Tom's usually good at matching that. Yeah. And like, I don't have like a like a a theme or a concept in mind necessarily when I'm writing a song. I'm writing expressively, so where I'm at is what this song winds up sounding like. Yeah. Um, and then Tom does a great job of being like, okay, well, I have the perfect lyrics for this. Um, but you know it. I was just talking about this with someone else actually it's like we could put out an album that is hyper negative and we could express all the anger and the sadness and like we do express a lot of this but we could make it a negative album and while you may hear it and be like this is metal this is negative it's being said in an aggressive angry way but a lot of it like you said is is about sort of emerging out of that and realizing the power you have to overcome uh you know this negativity and live in a way where you're exercising your full potential as a person for yourself and for the world around you despite the world around you um it's it's interesting and it's really fun working with tom on these things because he knows how to step up to the plate and like hit it out of the park and like dress for the occasion you know so to speak he he can tell what i'm feeling what we're feeling when we write these songs and then he knows what kind of to place over it. You know, he captures the emotion, he hears the emotion, and then he puts it to words. And so like we're writing instrumentals and we're writing lyrics very separately. A lot of the stuff was written even pre-pandemic and then, you know, inspired by the events of the last few years and, you know, the world surrounding us. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel like Tom, Tom did a fantastic job of, of taking this like dark time and trying to find a positive message out of it, trying to find like an empowering message. And not every song is about this. There are songs that are about totally fictional things uh, and just like fantasy scenarios, but you know, they all kind of revolve back to like, yes, we all suffer through life. There's, there is suffering some measure of it that everybody faces, but there is, you know, life after suffering, there is getting through suffering. There's, suffering with grace there is you know finding the positivity or you know within or without yourself and um yeah it's 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 just uh supposed to be expressive of like acknowledging negativity acknowledging pain but also learning that you know we're all powerful we're all so strong we can all do what we need to do to get through things okay and to master our emotions and to like become the gods of our own worlds, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like deviating from the original question here, but like- No, no, I I, I, I wanna give you this platform, Steven, because it's, it's not easy to talk about those topics just off the bat. And ironically enough, I had this conversation earlier today with, with another person. The fact that you guys are able to translate it into such a productive outlet, like a, an album like this, of this caliber, it's it's that much more impactful you know and yeah. i i gotta imagine it's a release for you and 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 tom and david and nathan you know to to play these songs out there in the open for the fans because you're getting your emotional energy out there you're it's it's it, it is a release for you guys that's what mm -hmm. i love and and reverting back it's just not easy to talk about it but you're doing it on this platform that that's a powerful thing in itself so yeah yeah, I mean, we just want to use music for what it's in our minds meant to be used yeah. for. And that's expression. That's therapeutic. It's like I said, it's not trying to keep up with the artists around us. It's just trying to be ourselves, whether it yeah. hits or misses. It's like at the end of the day, we are ourselves. We said what we wanted to say. We express what we wanted to express. And that's mission accomplished for us. How it does is yeah. relevant, but irrelevant to the greater picture um of like we're here it's not like we're only doing this for us but when it comes to writing like we are doing this for us and we're hoping that people who hear it can understand them where we're coming from this is an album that's for everyone you know the message we want to convey we want people to feel uplifted and empowered by it but that's a product of us trying to feel uplifted and empowered by creating it if that makes any sense yeah you know it's like this was this was written for us. Everything we do is just us being ourselves and, you know, I guess being genuine and authentic, 
and and we're all just people so so what we're doing is something that we think other people will be able to relate to um so yeah it's it's an important album for us it's full of emotion it's full of positivity you know, i love that is positive because you know like when you see like death metal from the outside for any stranger out there it's like oh it's about dad negativity you guys are singing from like like, like it's it's good vibes but tom is yeah. just belting it you're going crazy on on the guitar nathan's doing what he's doing behind the kid and then and then of course david like you guys one powerful unit but it's the message that's what's cool about it that's what i love about it um, that, yeah, it's not I, all I, doom and gloom and metal. I mean, it may sound like it. Lyrics are pissed off, <laughs> but if you really think about the message here, it's like, yeah, you rule and give yourself credit, and you're stronger than you think. Fucking amen, uh, dude. Thank you so much for sharing uh, just everything about uh, what Chelsea Green is all about, what you're all about. You know, I'm I'm so excited to see where you guys go from here, and there's a level of inspiration to what you guys are doing, Stephen, and you're seeing results. That's the important thing. I can't wait for this album to drop, dude. I can't. I don't think I can wait another what nine days. <laughs> but and, but then again, what do you have? You got another six months, five six months until the next one, dude. It's it's yeah. nice to have things like that to look forward to, man. It's uh it's gonna be great, and uh, can't wait to have you guys back here in Dallas. Hopefully, you guys will always be be back in Dallas. Maybe oh, yeah. do the Wings yeah. interview because what we would do, interesting thing, whether it's you or Tom, we would read a lyric, a song lyric, and you guys have to guess what song it is. It's a song that you wrote. And if you get it wrong, you go the next. You see what I'm saying? That's, so, that's going to be a challenge. So for I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if Tom would know. So as far as like being the vocalist and all that. So no. um, and we reach great. and we reach for the deep cuts. But um, oh, okay. Oh, you're talking about throughout the discography. Throughout the discography, I, I'm talking before yeah. Tom's days, before your days, like day one, like when that first EP dropped. I mean, so just be That'd ready. Be challenge, I, but... If anything. Um, I'm making you guys rethink your set list, but uh, before I let you go, bro, um, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Much love to everything you guys you guys have done. Uh, you, you have also um, uh, teamed up with Shudder, by the way. I want to mention this because this is also an AMC Networks horror streaming platform hosting uh, original indie and mainstream horror titles. Uh, tell me more about this. When did this become a thing? Was it like collaborative effort, effort that, um, that you guys are maybe going to be doing permanently from here on out? Uh, well, 1RPM actually kind of liaison this relationship we yeah. now have with shutter to where if you pre-order our album uh enters you for a chance to win a subscription and i think there's multiple entries like it's not just oh, one person to win it there's a small you know small handful i don't know the exact number but you're entered for a chance to win a, a subscription to shutter and it's really cool because like i'm a horror enthusiast and like you know i just recently discovered shutter myself and um yeah, it's a cool partnership. Like, you know, yeah, it, it's a chance for us to be associated with something that we're passionate about. I mean, David and Tom don't watch a lot of horror films, but like <laughs> Tom to me, doesn't watch like, horror films. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he does, but like David doesn't like the discomfort of horror films, and like Tom, it's I kind don't... of funny because the way your music videos are shot, it's like a horror film, and yeah, you know, it's yeah, like I mean, you know what you know what's crazy is I'm actually I think I'm like a closeted like horror film fan. Like I used to not like horror, but dude, I just saw Barbarian like two days ago. That uh, okay. blew my mind. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet. Not but, yet. I mean, the Black Phone came out this year. That's also a great horror film. Like I'm becoming more appreciative about this. So yeah, there's, I mean, a, there's a cool wave of modern horror that's happening. Um, not necessarily the remakes of old stuff, but like yeah. you know, modern original horror films are 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 different than they've ever been, and it's really cool. And I mean, like. The more you dive into horror, you, the more you realize there's like many genres of horror yeah. and uh, they're all just really intriguing. And like if you've got the stomach for it, then it's it's a great time to be watching and like to be catching up on what you've missed. And so that's why I'm really excited about this like partnership with Shutter. That's because, so cool. You know, if we can be a gateway to people getting, you know, being horror heads, then awesome. And it's like a you don't often get a chance to align with companies that like you're also passionate about. Yeah. Not that I'm like a shutter spokesperson. It's just that they present a product that I give a shit about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's really awesome. Super grateful for that. And, you know, hoping that it gives some people some incentive to, to, you know, pre-order. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend pre-ordering this. I didn't know that the, the way you pre-ordering and then you get that subscription. I may do that. Uh, now I know we're out of time, Steven. I feel like mm -hmm. I have to ask you this now, dude. Can you name your top five horror films or no? Is that going to take time? <laughs> 
it may take some time. If you want to name like I mean, one, that's fine. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I saw one recent earlier this year. It's called Crimes of the Future. Okay. Um, it's like a body horror film. I thought that one was pretty fantastic. It's not like traditional horror. It's like um, Crimes of the Future, right? Is that what it's called? Let me double check that. I don't know if it's, uh, was it on like a streaming platform when you uh, first saw it? Is that something that like, I can access <laughs> it was not it may be streaming now you may see it on shutter yeah crimes of the future I just I just saved it so I think you got my um you may have just planned out my weekend for me so we'll see um, check that one out it's fucking awesome I will and check out barbarian I have never I seen a horror film like this before I thought it was original the story is insane you think the movie's leaning this way but it's completely the opposite I mean and uh it's it's definitely not for the um, uh, what is it? What, what's the saying? It's not for the faint of heart, you know. Yeah. So and yeah, and the jump scares are placed so perfectly, and uh, you won't sleep. But it's it's for a good reason. Trust me. You can say Sonny oh. told me to see this. I'm gonna see it, Barbarian. But um, everyone who's listening, this is Stephen Rudishauser of Chelsea Grand Suffering Hell drops November 11th on 1 RPM. Uh, please do me and Stephen a favor. Buy the record. Get the subscription also with uh, Shutter. Uh, cause the bands can do it without your help. Cause it really goes along when you buy the records. I still, dude, I'm old fashioned. I still buy like records and vinyls that's sitting in the corner of my room. I'm like that. Um, um, but, uh, do you have any last words, anything else you'd like to share? I just, uh, appreciate everyone taking the time to watch or listen and pre-order and all of these things. And can't wait to see a ton of you guys next year. And in the future, it's a, it's a good time to be a fan of Chelsea Grant. It's always a good time so, to be a fan of Chelsea Grant. Appreciate uh, everyone along for the ride. No, I appreciate you, Steven, man. Again, much love, man. Uh, well wishes to you guys. Have a have a have a great end of the year. Have a great tour coming up with Carnifex out in Europe that you're gonna be going on soon. Yeah. Uh, dude, yeah. dude, go go crazy. Have a great release. And I'll see you down the road here in Dallas, brother. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for having me. No, much love, man. Have a good one. Catch you later. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.